Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. That brings us to verse 54 and 55, where we find that the advance party comes back. They'd been there in Samaria, everything was shut down, they come back, and they make it known that it's a no-go. Jesus, we, we can't go there. And I can imagine that Jesus may have been a little bit disappointed. Others in the group may have been disappointed. This is the closest place to go for rest and comfort, and now we're not going to get to go there. It would be very disappointing. But we find that when James and John heard about this, they weren't just a little disappointed. In fact, they blew a gasket. They blew a gasket. Now, I will give them a little credit. No doubt they're embarrassed and offended for Jesus, but I suspect that they, that they took this as a personal assault as well. And so in anger that crosses over into hatred, that is being mixed with a little bit of revenge, they offer to call down fire from heaven to incinerate those worthless, unregenerate half-breeds. That's not my statement. That would have been their statement. That's the way they would have looked at them. Worthless, unregenerate half-breeds. And in saying something like that, offering to call down fire from heaven, they likely thought they were doing the work of God. Leads us to truth point number three. Anger, hatred, vengefulness has no place in the heart of a disciple of Christ. Are we aware of that this morning? Anger, hatred, vengefulness has no place in the heart of a disciple of Christ. Are you aware that in Matthew chapter 5 verses 21 through 22 that Jesus teaches that hatred in the heart is akin to murder? Are you aware of that? That's what he teaches. James, Jesus's half-brother, eventually became a follower of Jesus himself. For a long time he rejected him, but eventually he became a follower of Jesus and eventually became a pastor in Jerusalem. He also wrote a book that's in the New Testament titled by his name, James. And in James chapter 1, verses 19 through 20, we find James speaking about this issue of anger. Listen to what he says. He says, know this, my beloved brother. So he's talking to believers here. He says, now this would be good advice for anybody in the room. Is everybody listening? Is everybody listening? Be quick to hear. Be slow to speak. Be slow to anger. Now, why do we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger? Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I said that uh, James and John probably thought they were doing the work of God when they offered to call down fire on these unregenerate, worthless half-breeds. But Scripture tells us that the anger of man never accomplishes the will of God. 
When we were First Federated Church, each September we would host the community on our large parking lot. How many of you remember that when they would have the Beaverdale Parade? Y'all remember that? Yeah, those were some great times. And uh, one year, I remember as we were hosting the community there on our large parking lot, they were getting ready for the parade. I was standing there with a couple of senior saints whom I love and respect. And we were standing there looking out at the masses, and we were just really enjoying all the activity that was taking place on the property. And as we stood there, there was a a group of children and adults who were making their way across the parking lot. And most of them, if, if not all of them, but it was probably most of them were dark-skinned. And they, were, they had purple t-shirts on. And, and those t-shirts had some kind of logo on it, but they were far enough at that point, I couldn't make it out, didn't know. And, and that logo had some wording on it, but couldn't, couldn't read it. And we were standing there, just looking, I'm just looking around, and all of a sudden, one of them touches me and says, look there, pastor, here come those Muslims. Hmm. Well, you'll just have to take my word for it, that the context of that statement was not one of simple identification. It wasn't like, oh, pastor, look, we have some Muslims coming across the parking lot. That's not the way it was said, not at all. And I got to be honest and say that when that happened, I was shocked. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I just kind of stood there for a minute looking, and I'm, I'm like, what do I say to that? And as the group came closer, we were able now to make out the logo, and we were able to see the wording. And those adults and children were from Hillis Elementary School. It was just some teachers and some students from the, high, from the elementary school across the street. This wasn't a group of Muslims. Maybe there was a Muslim in the group. I don't know. There was 30 people or more probably, so who knows what, what all the religious and racial makeup was of the group. But hey, this was nothing more than just a group of students and teachers getting ready for their part in the Beaverdale Parade, and that's who they were. But what if they had been a group of Muslims? What difference would that have made? Any? Now, let's face it this morning. Y'all are quiet. You're being slow to speak. Yes, I heard that. (laughs) That's good. Weigh that out before you jump on me. Let's face it. We all have biases, don't we? Don't we? We all do. And we're foolish if we want to act like we have grown so much that none of us have any biases. We all have biases. And some of those biases may be rooted in some nasty stuff of the past. Kind of like the stuff between the Jews and the Samaritans. But as followers of Jesus, those biases have no place in our heart. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 through 45, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. That's pretty explicit, isn't it? Pretty definitive. Mark 
writes in his gospel, Mark 16, 16, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. doesn't matter who they are or what color their skin is or what their religion is or how they've behaved in the past. All of those things have no regard at all to the mission we've been given, and that is to go to the entire world and tell them the gospel. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now that word nations there is translated from the word ethne. It's where we get our word ethnic. And Jesus is being very clear. The entire world's population. All ethnicities. All races. All peoples need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the heart of Jesus for people. That's the heart of Jesus for people who have hurt him, offended him, despised him, and persecuted him. And that is the heart that we are to have in the same way. So, so when the two, two of his closest disciples, remember James and John were up there on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. They saw his glory. They saw some really awesome stuff. And so when those two said what they said... We're told by Luke that Jesus turned. That's the idea of the original language is that he, he was like walking in front of me, hears this, and he literally just turns and rebukes them. Now, what did he say? Well, as I've already explained to you, we don't know what he said. We don't know what he said. Because the most accurate manuscripts we have to translate the scriptures from do not contain any words that tell us what he said. However, we do have a scribe somewhere along in history who added a couple of sentences with the, with the idea, I think, of trying to flesh out what that might have been. And so, this morning, just for kicks and giggles, okay? Y'all have heard that phrase before, haven't you? Just for kicks and giggles, let's see what he added, and let's ask ourselves where he might have gotten that from. Here's what he added. He added that Jesus said, Do you not know what kind of spirit you are of? For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Now, let's make sure we understand that in light of what has just been said. Hey, Jesus, these jerks over there in Samaria, they are insulting us. They are rejecting us. Would you like us to call down fire from heaven and roast them? And Jesus says, according to the scribe, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. What kind of spirit do you think that comes from? A demonic spirit. And he reminds them, the Son of Man did not come. He did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Now, as we've already confessed, and I've already told you, those words were added. Did they come from Scripture anywhere? Well, that looks an awful lot like John 3.17, doesn't it? Where Jesus said, for God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. Truth point number four. There's coming a day when sinful works will be judged with condemnation and wrath that will fall on those who refused God's grace through Jesus Christ. But right now, right now, mercy, not judgment, is God's agenda. There's coming a day 
when the fire of God's wrath will fall on those who rejected Christ as their Savior. But today is not that day. Aren't you glad for that? Because I'm wondering how many of you have got brothers or sisters, moms or dads, sons or daughters, or very close friends who are out from under the grace of God because they've not given their hearts to Christ. They've not recognized Him as Savior and Lord. And aren't you glad that we live in a time where that ultimate judgment is being held back and where the grace of God is being extended? I'm glad for that. We all ought to be glad for that. Right now, mercy, not judgment, is God's agenda. Which means this, that anyone, no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, anyone who will turn from self-justification and sin to the righteousness of Jesus Christ will receive mercy from God, forgiveness of sin, and eternal life with Him. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm one who's received that. I praise God for His goodness to me. And what that means is this, is that you can be forgiven. And even more, what I want you to realize is that those you consider enemies can be forgiven. Because God's grace in this era of time is available to whosoever will believe and receive. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.